Oh, hi. I'm sorry, I didn't see you there. I was just sort of sitting and humming and thinking and... Okay, no, listen, let's be real about this, okay? Listen, everyone, last week was 200, and as you know, we appreciate your support. It went up a little bit late, and in an attempt to get that out quickly, I edited it as quickly as I could for the amount of editing that there was, and as you will hear in this episode, Fair Episode 201, I realized mid-intro that I forgot to put the whistling nose roman audio files as i had promised i would at the end of that and listen i got some text messages about it okay i feel bad as you'll hear in the intro but i figured before we go any further with anything we need to get that out there so without any further ado here is a handful of the audio nose portions of roman's whistly nose that went on for several months within the pandemic as we were trying to figure out how to record from home with different microphones and you guessed it, one microphone was right next to Roman's nose for a long time, and it caught his whistling. It didn't occur to me uh, to start saving them until I had gotten it, you know, through it for about a month. So here is uh, at least a couple weeks' worth of, you know, one of my favorite man's nostrils. Uh, anyway, thanks for bearing with us, and uh, we'll see you all uh, in episode 201 here after the, 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 the sounds. So tune in. Turn way to fuck up and get ready to rock out with Jeff to Roman's nose. Enjoy. Yes, man. I don't like. You know, I and Marty Garcia. Oh, oh, and there is bang. It is penthouse scare. There. Yeah. From I think San Francisco. That's the way out of any bad Tony Daniel. Yeah. Um and so I'm curious with you. Uh, with Yeah. I Okay, this this Jews left of Batman alright. Because um we the, Yeah, because I, I think of that and you know like Justin was saying and but if you let Jeff yeah, uh, this. Yeah, so I, I just. Uh, I feel like I'm. He's not a. Uh, the, um. You right. know, he can still just get clubbed in the head. acceptable podcast episode 201 i forgot to put roman sneezing symphony at the end of episode 200 oh <laughs> can you lead can you start this episode with that um i feel bad because i mentioned it in the episode and i'm only just meant realizing it now it's all right it's all right we have forgiving yeah. listeners um, listen we had we had a gag for a while that we were gonna rename the podcast 
Oh, you guys are looking at me like that wasn't a gag. <laughs> Where every Tuesday, four boys who run a comic shop and love each other very much get a whole bunch of comics, take them home, read them very excitedly in huge quantities like this week. You know why it's easy to read them in huge quantities some weeks when they're freaking good. This was a freaking good week of comics we bring them back here to the zoom studio not the eagles hall anymore no one showed up to the eagles hall except for the plate of cocaine andrew showed up thank you um roman's wearing a bucket hat now holy shit it's a comic show it's a comic show and uh it's four boys reunited i'm jeff and boy howdy does it taste good to chew on a flavor of zebra gum that i haven't eaten in a while i'm Django, and i have been living almost exclusively on animal bread (laughs) I'm Justin, and I love chicken nuggets and nougat. I, I'm rolling. I like, oh, go ahead, Justin. <laughs> oh, I was going to say, I like nougat on my nuggets. <laughs> but it's not nougat nuggets. Wow. wow. Uh, I'm Roman. I'm, I'm real curious what animal bread is. Oh, Roman, you look like the guy who peeks over the fence in that sitcom. Home Improvement. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, I guess Wilson or something? Wilson, I think so. I was you look I like Mr. Feeney on a fishing trip. I was thinking I look you like do. Red Green from the Red Green show. <laughs> you look you like one-legged like Mark Mariner. from <laughs> <laughs> one-legged Mark from uh, Great British Baking Show this season. One-legged Mark is equivalent to a three-legged Roman. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Uh, he's enough man for two and a half men. <laughs> he's got Comics. the leg of the beast. Comics, and we're going to talk about him. You guessed it. We're going to talk this week about crossover number one, Origins number one, Lost Soldiers number four. Of five, you can feel it. Thor, number nine. Tales from the Dark Multiverse, Hush. Sweet Tooth, The Return. Wolverine, Black, White, and Blurred. 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 X-Men, number 14. We're also going to talk about what idiots, what beats. (laughs) And Hellblazer, Born to be Bad, number two. And Django and Justin are going to hang out in the power. And part of that conversation will be deceased number five. And then we're going to hang out in Django and Justin's super uber indie underground power hour and talk about La Diabla and it it eats what feeds it again. And Spy Island number three, which I don't think was last week. I think it was this week. Nobody knows. And whatever other things that Django in his hoop, super hip indie cred finds underneath some stones that you kids didn't know to roll over because you don't know how to know what's happening ahead of the curve. <laughs> and because he's not sleeping on anything because he doesn't sleep except for on a bed of overturned rocks because he was looking under them for great art. That was, I'm sorry that I didn't put Roman's nose whistles in 200, everyone. That was my bad. So did you guys read Batman 102? Yeah, 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 yeah. And does anyone want to talk about it? No, let's talk about crossover. Crossover number oh. one: Donny Cates, Jeff Shaw, D. Cunefay, and John J. Hill. Nice, uh, nice cover. paper stock on the cover yeah. in the back. Oh, yeah. I appreciate and on the and on the guts. Oh, hey, actually, Justin, do you did you Roman? Did you eat a whole bunch of ice cream before getting on here? Because Justin, do you see his chest hair there? Oh, it's med- matted down like oh, he's been is. dribbling, like he's been dribbling olive oil ice cream <laughs> and crushing his own basil all over his own matted chest hair, so he can have a nice dessert snack in the middle of a podcast. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. you know yeah. it. That's why you recognize that shine yeah. Disc- anywhere. 
so glad we do this over Zoom now because the smell used to be cloying. Oh, I, I think you mean intoxicating. <laughs> I make scented candles of it. I just steal it in the middle of the night and make scented candles. Earthy, earthy smell. Donny Cates. <laughs> Donny Cates is at it again doing an image book. I love Donny Cates's uh, creator own stuff. I love his Marvel stuff. I think he's one of the best people doing stuff right now. And sometimes I lose some interest into the runs of some things he does, but at worst, I can just lose my interest. At best, he's do, he does like books that are like transcendental and make you cry and feel like you're young again and excited and filled with creativity. And Crossover was definitely in that camp more than the maybe I'm going to lose interest camp. What did you guys think of this book? And Roman was in it. Did you guys think that the guy that worked at the comic shop like on the first page where you met him, you're like, they have a Roman. Right, I mean, that guy definitely is the same like meta spirit that Roman is drawn from, you know. And he shamed somebody. So that yeah. was pretty in line with Roman. Yep, yep, yep. And he's got a great name, Otto. I always wanted, if my name was a Roman, I always wanted to be an Otto. Really? Yeah, because of Dr. Octopus. And, yeah. I love that. Right. I do too. I love and, it's, that. and it's one of those great names. I forget the name for the, the word that's the same forwards and backwards. A palindrome. Yeah, sure. I love those. Yeah. This this has a lot of nice little nods to comic booking. Uh, basically, in, what is it, 1999, was it? Um, Denver. I thought it was in 2017. Uh, oh, 2017. Uh, Denver has an event where a superhero city just appears in the middle of Denver, and uh, they all the superheroes and villains are battling and at some point a superhero puts a dome around it to protect our earth from being polluted by these uh, powered people and then we jump uh, uh, to a little bit past that and uh, we follow uh, a woman that works at a comic book store and comic stores are kind of going against parts of society who, uh, who hate the heroes that have shown up in Denver. And I think it's important to mention that the heroes that show up in Denver are like existing franchise characters that like you would recognize. Like they're clearly referencing Thor and Batman and mm -hmm. Spider-Man. So there's a guy that looks like the tick. Oh, is oh there really? yeah. There's a giant tick right there in the news. So but people die because it's like a, an actual crisis. Like these, these giant battles have real world play out. Um, and so I could see as to why people would be pretty afraid. <laughs> oh, for sure. And, I, and I, I think it's a fun idea that like society is turning against comic shops, right? So they're working in the final comic shop and somebody tries to sell some comics and it's comics that have been created after this real world crisis that happened. And it's been like legally sanctioned comics. So they're not supposed to be, you know, triggering in any way. And it's Rawhide Kid, which I thought was funny. Just the, the whole, like, someone trying to sell comics and be like, I don't want your fucking Rawhide Kid comics. <laughs> and I'm just like, that is some inside baseball stuff because sure. I hate when someone tries to sell us a bunch of Rawhide Kid. Yeah, they're, it it's a shop that only sells back issues, which is awesome. Yeah. Um, and, the like, the twist in here, spoilers for the entire show, but the twist in here is that uh, a character who is uh, colored with halftone dots and blue hair, which nobody else in the comic has, uh shows up in the comic store and she's like a, a kid who has escaped from the denver bubble right i love the way that they're choosing to visually represent any of the comic characters in this like they are mm -hmm. all halftone dots like he said or they look that like so cool yeah those paintings by touch. that like andy warhol or whatever not warhol but the 
Django, Lichtenstein, you know. Lichtenstein. but those those aren't even paintings those are just blown up panels oh really right yeah and that's that's like Lichtenstein got a little bit of shit for that and they actually to go along with our uh, our our continuous discussion about halftone dots and our years patterns. old argument about <laughs> <laughs> they're actually using halftone dots as halftone dots in here which i appreciated i appreciated that at one point um when they're in like a kid's room or something you can see there's a cosmic ghostwriter poster in their room yeah i noticed that too yeah <laughs> um yeah D did you guys think at the end when they like explain who smuggled her out of that world. There's a drawing of someone that's clearly Superman. Did you think that that was purposely Superman because he came from a dying world or whatever, and mm -hmm. he, like he kicked her out? So maybe that was like kind of like Superman's origin story as well. So my brain maybe wasn't connecting enough dots there. Did did like is she saying that she was smuggled out of that place or did she escape? Well, he let her I didn't... out. Okay. He, okay. Okay. So okay. So she like got out. Okay. I wasn't sure. Yeah, like when she was talking about this guy to her, what role that dude played or or not. Yeah, yeah the, think... the, the little comic book girl was um, helped out by this supposedly Superman analog, but the main character Ellie, she was just evacuated and got split off from her parents in the evacuation. And did you think she was a comic book character, or is she in Colorado when that town took over, or it kind of that, took its place? The second okay, one. Okay, then. so yeah. not actually because she's not drawn with the half. Yeah, months. I mean, I mean, she yeah. just wears a mask in solidarity with you know the thing we all love, comics. Right. right. Yeah, this yeah. seems to be the first time someone has left the bubble. Did you guys anybody read the write up, the back matter there? Yeah, Donny Cates yeah. keeps almost dying. I love yeah, a Donny like Cates write up. Because it, it's almost like a Scott Snyder write-up, you know? Like, mm -hmm. he, he does them, and they're always heartfelt. And I, he hasn't done them enough to be like, I don't have your number, Don. But, like, they, he does a lot of, like, hey, life is darkness, but I've found a light yeah. write-ups. Um, yeah. So, you know, I, I like that in here. But I, I just liked hearing where it came from. I love how meta it is. He does mention, like, I can't believe the toys that we get to play with. I don't know if those are just image properties or if he actually gets to have, you know, it would be dope if he gets to put Marvel and DC characters in there. But I loved on the first page, like a Hickman book or even, you know, Lost Soldiers, the title page has just two quotes. And one is Frederick Wortham, who was the person who had led did seduction of the innocent that what you know the sort of that led the court case to get the comics code authority and all that shit um anti-comic statement from him and then there's just a quote from todd mcfire that just says kids love chains and I, it's such a great like <laughs> yeah. comics are terrible and they rot your brain and they're the torture of the deceiver and the thief and kids love chains so i'm just gonna throw some more chains on here because kids yeah. love chains and that's from that awesome video of stan lee and and todd mcfarlane and somebody else rob Liefeld, I think. Yeah. yeah yeah kids love chains yeah that's awesome that's great um yeah i fucking love this book not that i mean we could go I, yeah it, please yeah any other thoughts or we I can was, move on i was totally sideswiped by this like the kind of marketing campaign and the early hype of it kind of i thought they were pitching it as like some some way to get multiple properties into one book uh -huh. and i was like ooh, i do not care yeah um, and then you know, I've had, and I've expressed this before, and I won't go too far into it, just like lots of icky feelings about nostalgia and how nostalgic culture has become and how we can't ever tend to look forward. We're obsessed with the past. 
And so like, I was really primed to not like this book. I was like, this is just going to be like nostalgia love fest. And it was like so good and genuine that I remembered like, it doesn't, it's not always icky and just like motivated by trying to like sell old things, you know, there was like a genuine love for it. So I was just like, I wanted to dislike this book. And then I was just like, holy shit, it's really charming for like such a preposterous pitch of like superhero stuff. He does such like good world building about it. There are like really good repercussions that make sense when even though the, the like conceit of it is like this goofy thing, there's like, you know, religious cults against them. People hate them. And yeah, I, I just, I, I love that. Speaks to exactly what you're saying about like, there is a genuineness to it. And I don't know if my comment about his write-ups sounded like sarcastic or not. Because like, I, I actually think he genuinely like loves and believes what he's doing. And I also think that he writes stories where I am consistently like, yeah, why aren't people like playing this way? Like thoughtfully mm -hmm. playing without worrying about the repercussions and then creating internal repercussions within it. And I, I think like between this and then Thor as well, which we'll talk about, like he is just such a fun writer. I, I, I feel like right. at Marvel, there's Donny Case and then DC has Tom Taylor. And I feel like they're like yeah. a similar type of person within each of the two companies i i was uh struck so donny cates worked at a comic store for a long time in texas yeah and one of the things that i really liked about this issue was hanging out in a comic store full of people which we haven't really been able to do lately <laughs> true um it's like a comic store full of up to three of us mm -hmm. and uh i had that same feeling watching the documentary com my, my comic book country uh, on Amazon the other day and just watching these comic stores, like well-oiled comic stores hopping. Um, that was, that was part of what, um, what I enjoyed about it. And I think to Justin's point about nostalgia, um, that, that hit my nostalgia for January. Um, <laughs> in January, I, yeah. I had a feeling of liking that. Roman, yeah. did you cross over? Well, you know, Thanks for outing me, I guess. <laughs> oh, sorry. Uh, I, not, to, not to pull you into the light with me here, but uh, what'd you think of it? I love this book. Um, everything you guys are saying, you know, I love the fact, and I don't know if this was delayed at all by COVID, but coming out this year, I just love playing with the idea of, okay, I'm going to tell a story about othering, but in this case, the others are comic book fans. Mm-hmm. Um, and, the, you know, the religious right, one of the first things we see as she's walking to her job at the comic book store is a big religious sign that just says God hates mask. And she was wearing a mask um, and gets attacked for it. I, I just really like using that seemed pretty unique to me using using that angle. To and one of the kind of story, one of the signs says pray the capes away. Yeah, I liked that yeah. one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's protesters outside uh, their comic book store. One of them's the local <laughs> reverend. That stirs up trouble, and you yeah. know, I, and I did identify with Otto because the first thing we see of Otto is a focus, a close-up of his shirt that says Wortham was right. Yeah, and when I saw that, I was like, "Why the hell is he wearing that? That's that's directly the opposite of the message <laughs> his store should be sending." <laughs> and yeah, it turned out he was wearing it trying to be ironic, and Ellie tells him, "You know, you're you're too old." be ironic you can't do that <laughs> so we all had touchstones in this issue yeah 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 i identified that with that because 
when I first saw the Magneto was right shirts, I didn't get it. I didn't understand that people were trying to be ironic. <laughs> I, uh, all the brief nostalgia bashing aside, like it, it did trigger the like missing of the shop. There was something about like her being out in the cold and then going into a comic bus- bookstore really reminded me of the years that we've all done this, but it's like in winter, stomping your shoes off in the front of the store and going into the store and there's a bunch of people in there and you know you're working for the holidays and it's pretty cheery and like you dust off the snow and you go in there and you get to work and there's just like we used to have a fairly full shop in the winter and it reminded me of like my actual life of like getting to work at a shop and that that kind of community that's just flocks in there you know yeah, I felt that about the community thing, but it's funny when they first show the long shot of how many people are in the shop, my first reaction was like, holy shit, that's a COVID outbreak. Yeah, dude, well, that's just... <laughs> so I'm not quite ready for that. Yeah, yeah. Anytime Sam and I are watching movies or something, just like, those two people are too close. Like, neither yeah. of those people have masks on. Like, we're never, we're never gonna be able to do it again. I give it an 8.5, maybe even a 9, actually. It's, yeah, I'm gonna go 9. And I think that everyone should check it out. I, I think that it is one of a like several very exciting things right now and i think that the journey is going to be very good throughout i think it's going to be really rewarding if you didn't get crossover i think everyone should check it out yeah yeah excellent book mm. I, I would give it uh an 8.5 i i think i would give it an 8 except that the little girl has done. blue hair and nobody else has blue hair man I, I was thinking I'd give it a 9.5 at least. I mean, I can't, but then I realized I can't think of any reason that I wouldn't give oh this. God. No oh God. way. Dude, right this, up table's the all, this table's Fucking not even way. slippery yet. Kaboom! Oh. Gooey duck. Oh. Oh. Put your hands all over my gooey duck. Ew! It smells like the ocean. Oh, Roman. <laughs> it's all sandy it's like and gritty. The ocean has a yeast infection. <laughs> <laughs> Justin, what's your score after that? Oh man, I feel like a copycat, but I'm gonna I'm gonna give it an eight point five. I would even go higher, but in the context of other books that I'm gonna rate really high, it it skews it. So it's eight five. I I love it. He I would don't. go even higher, but that girl had blue hair. Yeah. <laughs> He's supposed and, to have blue hair. And the whole thing smells like a, a wet, gooey duck. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, I'm so jaded that I like I am skeptical of hopeful or like nice things because I'm just like, oh, it's gonna disappoint me. Yeah. yeah it's not gonna yeah. be real and it's gonna suck and it's gonna be more painful when I, I realize this is shit too. Anymore. Yeah. Yeah. But this actually gave me a sense of like warm, warm good inside, you know, like good warm. Oh yeah, yeah, it, it, it. yeah. It gave me that, and I, you know, I immediately didn't want to trust it, but I'm glad that I did. I would almost give it another 0.5 for the character design of the preacher eating a sandwich. He looks yeah. like Elvis. He looks like a bad guy from the Bill Sienkiewicz Shadow <laughs> Comics. <laughs> um, we got to talk about Origins from Boom Comics. Now, this one has yeah, an interesting do. cover, and it's written. It's created by Arash Almol, Lee Krieger, and Joseph Oxford, script but... by Clay McCowd Chapman, and art by Jacob Rebelka. I didn't, wait, what is, is this based on a property? Why is there a creators that didn't write it? I don't know, man. It yeah. Like, I... Is it based on a property or is it like, um, what was the, there was another one that came out this week. Uh, Red, Red Atlantis was written as a TV pitch and then adapted by someone else into a comic. And I wonder Red if Atlantis. this is a similar thing. 
a book that we spent a lot of time with on Tuesday because there was like an error with not, it not being registered to pull <laughs> things. A book that you read. Uh, a book that was going to be in the Uber Underground Indie Power Hour, but then you've had to be like, wait, I don't even remember what this book is about. And through all of that and that conversation before the beginning of this, you just tried to talk about it and still couldn't remember the name of it. So like, <laughs> damn. All, all, all we know is Django Red. <laughs> but i wonder if it's something like that yeah i Maybe wonder this, this was this was a treatment it felt like a video game book to me i don't I see don't... red atlantis at all <laughs> I, it doesn't look like anything to me <laughs> oh yeah I wonder, I wonder what the origins of red atlantis is oh, the origins cool. of origins will remain unknown but one thing we can say for certain is that this is the artist from judas oh, oh the artist is great yeah it sure is no wonder i liked it so much i know right i just good catch buddy yeah well i didn't recognize the art as much as i was like rebelka why do i want to say that their name is rebecca rebelka because that's not real so i just had to look up jacob rebelka because i knew the last name um but yeah nameless and or not sorry nameless uh, namesake and and that one so yeah this is a gosh it almost has like like a just a way different version of little bird kind of i don't know we're in a future kind of overrun reminded me a little bird as well yeah society um lots of armor uh beautiful landscapes beautiful environments love yeah, the they art green good they green good but yeah there, i think there's some like cyclical time thing happening and this woman has raised a child who maybe is a clone and maybe he's a clone of like someone who saved reality or you know i felt yeah or ended i felt like i was following it better than now when i'm trying to explain it i really like the art and i really like that she like grew a person from a corpse Mm -hmm. i thought that was pretty cool but uh, yeah yeah other than that now i'm like oh i don't i don't know what it's about but it's pretty this was one of the last books that I read, and I, I thought it was really, almost really good. But there were some missing bits, and I kind of wonder if the second and third issues won't kind of clue us into what, what kind of irked me about it, which was sort of just the nonsense, very beginning and very end. All the middle stuff, that was great. Well, so for me, actually, the first eight pages I thought were amazing. Like, the first eight pages, I had that feeling of like, oh, this might be really special what was set up for the people there interested me less, but I think that the environment fascinates me. Yeah. So the, the thing that I didn't notice until I was just flipping through it now is that the baby that she stole from the subway, like the, the baby bones mm-hmm. is being cradled by someone wearing a similar outfit to her in the, in the last panel. Okay. Um, and I don't know if she's got the same backpack as what she's got on the subway. Uh-huh. But I think that that, I think you're right. There is some some kind of time loopy stuff there. I really liked the shot of the um, the Neanderthals with the modern outfits on in the museum that they're living in. Yeah. yeah. Like the, the thing that, that didn't make me, I, I didn't think about Little Bird at all until you guys mentioned it because it seems like there are hardly any humans left. And it seems like the bad guys maybe are more mechanical or dinosaurs than like religious zealot humans just kind of the feeling of it you know i I can see that now yeah it reminds me of a lot of the like dystopian stuff the road yep um Mm -hmm. 
children of men where it's usually like parent figure child figure yeah you know? good call like, good like call. that kind of stuff is in little bird a lot too yeah but this so that felt to me a little generic but then just how sparse they start this off and it's like that's very confident like they yeah. don't, they're not really telling you much they're just like oh here's this world and you're going to be in it i really really like that and the art is amazing so they did very good like it's very sparse and very subtle it's like very uh, professional yeah, you for, you said it yeah. really well there, because yeah, I, I, while I was starting, I had to go. This is special, and you're right. Confidence, like there's a confidence within its vision in in there that made me just be like, this has to be good because they're going for it. Um, yeah, I liked it. Um, if you like an atmospheric, sort of weird, timey thing, mm-hmm. check it out. I, I I would give like a seven to a seven point five. I I would I think I would give it an eight. I thought until just this moment, I thought that it was a really good Aftershock book, but it's actually from Boom. Oh, Jango is Aftershock's biggest fan. Uh, I'll give it. Um, <clears throat> I'd give it a seven, maybe maybe a seven point five. I'll stick with seven. Yes. I, I I love the art, and I, I love I think kind of like Django said the middle part. And I'll read. I'll probably read the next one if I remember. Yeah, it's only six issues. Yeah. Yeah, I'd say a seven two. Um, it's got cool stuff. The art's really amazing. It just didn't really. The cyclic time stuff didn't stick. It right. wasn't like enough in, in there where I knew that I cared and I didn't really feel like they made much effort to forge a character connection. Like I felt like they didn't really try to have you get to know the character. And so I was like, it didn't there's have a prophecy. Teeth. didn't yeah. have teeth to sink Lot, in you. Lots of things got prophecy, but it's like a very high caliber book. I don't know, like it's gorgeous and it's very like, like I said, confident. It's doing real subtle things, but I I've just also... wish I cared a little bit more about the characters i've always wanted to live in a museum of natural history guys you guys i am sorry Django. i'm sure there was a great bit attached to that but nope, i that was it <laughs> i had i had like the best overlapping of music while reading comic books while reading lost soldiers number four i think i read the perfect issue and song and i did i'd listened to what i've been dipping into a lot lately to listen to which is the watchman score but volume three the song is called doomsday prepper it's the first song on volume three <laughs> of watchman nice. um but anyway it was the sounds of these old men like lurking through the shadows lost soldiers roman you read it all you caught up justin's been reading all of it we have him here issue four of five this book and Django. not to exclude you at all no fine Whatever. um all I've four been of us books like this for years yeah this is like <laughs> I thought you wrote this book Django. this is so fucking good you guys it's this my favorite is, book on the stands it's i can't even it's justin unload gross. on me unload on me but First it's I so gross know, and I, visceral for sure i think i talked to roman or heard the podcast where roman you read number one and then you didn't read the others right yeah because i because the covers were so indistinct i forgot that I was reading looking, it. Yeah. yeah yeah are you caught up now yeah i've read them all have you how have you felt before up up until this issue but not this issue well you guys are right i really like number one i really liked uh two and three this one this and again this one I very much also really liked I I have questions that maybe you guys can answer for me. It's just so fucking good. It's like so gross and it doesn't make me feel good visceral. at all. Yeah. But it's so well E-visceral. done. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of like a an alternate real world take on like Frank Castle 
Well, in the real world, what would really happen to <laughs> maybe right. to a, a guy? And here's a story about that. <laughs> Dude, though, in like issue three, like when he's in his house after and his friend comes to visit him and it's like his wife has left him and like it shows the decay with which the house has gone to. And in this one, when it shows the room that he's staying in in Mexico and there's like mm-hmm. cockroaches on the wall and you're like this, like that and like the absolute disgusting conditions that he willfully lives in to me was like one of the strongest statements about like ptsd this like yeah i think it is such an incredible conversation about ptsd in terms of like what it does to your priorities your vulnerability it it just it's it's it's, yeah please just the best like anti-war book I've read in a long time. And it's because it gives the narrator, the narrator is war itself. It's the thing that drives people to want to like kill and destroy each other. And that's that. And it shows like what you become after so long, like it dehumanizes you and it makes you this kind of hungry animal who just wants violence. You know, you, mm-hmm. like it's violence that creates violence. And I, I really feel like it's a, a war story narrated by war itself. I totally agree. And, and like, there's this like deep humanitarian message in it, but you don't ever notice it because it's just so busy punching you in the face. And then you put it down and you're like, whoa, real people with real lives go through stuff like this all the time in the midst of war. And it, it is more brutal than a story could be. And this like, oh, it makes me feel like ass every time I read it, but it's so well done. And it reminds me like, I hate war. I hate, I hate everything about it. I hate that, that, that like this level of like disgustingness is actually the most real thing we get in comics, you know? Well, I was going to say my read on it is like the perspective of war in each, each issue of the book is going from outside closer to this person. And in this issue, this guy is fully a hundred percent synonymous with war. Well, and it's, he is it. It's and like I think the reason I got confused and I'm looking at here is it starts as this blue text box and it's war and then it says in that gorgeous shot when he takes bang 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 and kills his people it says in the clearing I make we'll consummate our final union and then the next panel is him and it's no longer war it's there's a gang war going on it helps I bag 37 bodies in a week but that that's exactly what his statement does is they've now merged like that that narration is that union so the humanity is completely gone. Like this guy is only living for this kind of insane revenge fantasy. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I'm glad that we finally got like a definite answer to what happened to him in this. Yeah. Because that's, that's been hinted at for all three issues before this. And now we, now we get like some explicit reveals about why he's so mad at this guy. Like, I think, I think that you, Jeff, you had no justin figured it out and as soon as he said it, it i was and, like oh that's obviously it like it's yeah, yeah. It, that's and that's i was fucked up cut will right yeah yeah i just i didn't know that until this issue and i'm i'm glad that he made it explicit that that the guy had been abused like that i was just and it's a brutal scene like mm-hmm. when you see him laying on the ground still naked and bloody I was like, yeah, yeah as disturbed by that as just the shot of the dude with his pants just kind of undone and just yeah. like half of his ass cheek out. And you're like, oh, fuck, that's a dude who knows he's about to do something horrible. I was thinking like what, you know, like this is an amazing book. And when the store opens back up, like this is going to fall into one of those categories of books that like I want to recommend all the time, but it's going to take the right thing, you know, like who is the person that you're going to be like, oh, you need to read Lost Soldiers too, right? Right. The people who are like, I need a good war story. And I'm like, well, this is a great war story while it's not in 
war, right? It's not quite a crime story. I guess right. it's just like a deeply fucked up revenge story, but it's also like a meditation on, yeah, yeah. I would almost hand this to the same person that I would give, um, if, if I would hand somebody Judas and Crossed, I would include this in that pile. That's a fucking weirdo, bud. That's a crazy <laughs> person that you just uh, gave those hey, to. So, so, so Roman, you're on this Lost Soldiers train. Yeah, I mean, obviously the covers were the only thing that had confused you to not be on it. But um, yeah, I just, I, I'm very, it feels correct that now you're reading it. it it's just like, it feels like a deeply Roman book. So um, yeah, the, the PTSD angle. I mean, I loved, I think it was mostly in the previous issue when him and his, his old, uh, buddy from the nom his buddy comes over and his buddy has been through therapy and mm -hmm. he's you know dealt with and is dealing with his demons from the war and i love that i wish i can remember the main character's name um but he tells his buddy then and in this issue reiterates that uh, you know therapy works for some people but i can't go that way i just can't do it he's so walled into still the war um that it's just not it's just not it's even so a possibility. dead inside yeah it's not know. even a possibility and i like i like the showing those two viewpoints and not you know not not like judging or condemning the main character because he's not open to those things yeah, yeah. And it's I like, just kind of showing the fallout but it's not you're right it's not really making a judgment on there yeah i don't yeah, i think and, his and name his is auto by the way is it auto another auto no, <laughs> <laughs> um and his buddy i like the fact that his buddy is you know he still cares about it and he isn't going to help him, but we see him at the beginning of this issue. You know, he's keeping tabs on him, kind of, just because he's reading the headlines online of what's going on in Juarez, and he knows his buddy is doing this. Um, I would give it, like, you know, 9.5 or a 10. I think it's amazing. I'm going to give it I'm going to give it an, I'm going to give it a 9.5. I think it could be a 10, but it's not like a, like a fun 10. You know, it's it's like yeah. a, it's a, it's a gross feeling it's a thing. Yeah, it's yeah. A, yeah, so it would, you know, I'll do a 9.5 just because, like, it didn't show me the great light at the end of existence, but <laughs> maybe 10s don't have to. I'm going to say 9.5 no, now. No, yeah, they, don't, they don't have to. I'll give it an 8. Uh, okay, I'll give it an 8.5. Jesus. All right. Jim, All right. There we go. Half. Thanks. <laughs> Which one of you two boys is gooey ducking it? For this scene. I think we both are. Yeah. I'm, I'm oh, going to give away my gooey duck right here on, just, the, on the table. I just <laughs> watched the tips of those gooey ducks touch. We touched bait. We toitched faces. Those those gooey ducks. Those gooey toitches. Gooey toitch. But there's this scene where he walks out and there's this guy smoking a cigarette and he says, "This is all a loop, man. Been here before. I remember you. You're stuck here with us, or maybe we're stuck here with you. Like that is just. It's the endless war. Violence begets violence, and you can't stop violence with violence. It just creates more. And I just like there's almost a time loop in that you know mm -hmm. like he's forever trapped by in that moment yeah those bookends of violence that's all he'll ever know and and just the way that the dude that he kills at the end says like i created you like right i own you i own you is so gross oh god is tales in the dark multiverse next is that what the next one was or is it sure Thor? is well, get I it know. i don't have thor sitting here well, but I, I haven't i haven't uh yeah, I'm gonna gooey duck this one too. Well, yeah. you said that already. We already said you touched your tips and everything. But he, he, he okay, so, formal yeah, but, but okay, so formal. Sorry, I didn't. The mean, reason sorry. why the reason I, this is so gross and real, and the fact that uh, 
I don't even know who's narrating at this point, but where he says the last emotion I feel is love. And it's like, what? What? Yeah. The, oh my God, this is so complex and, and gross. Holy sh oh, The way this made me feel was terrible and, and gross and awful. And a comic could do that gets a 10. Yeah. 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 Masterful. Yeah. yeah there's, it's a stenchy gooey duck on the table. I'm not proud of it, how yeah. it looks or smells, but it's yeah. yeah. It smells like ice cream and gooey duck. <laughs> yeah. and cigar ash in it's the least <laughs> proud prideful gooey duck i've ever yeah. seen no shame all pride so justin i know you read tales <laughs> sure did the dark multiverse batman hush batman the silenced will be heard number one <laughs> jesus roman it sounds like you didn't read it i did not read it no <laughs> oh my god uh, well so Minus one point for having Tempest Fugionaut for me. <laughs> okay, see, that's where I, I just start. Met I just I, met him. That's where I start. <laughs> that's what I'm about. I start like you get plus, you start at zero and you get plus one for having Tempest Fugionaut at all. Yeah, dang, I missed a Tempest Fugionaut appearance. Crap. You guys are broken. <laughs> Damn, uh, I accidentally called him Tempest Originaut or something like that. <laughs> so I was like, who's Tempest Originaut? But he's really cool. So this follows a dark version of the Batman Hush story. <laughs> Dude, where... just, sorry, Tiffin's Fusion, I just seems like this, like, he just like, he's like if the entire Omniverse was being watched by like, like a more sophisticated Mr. Bean. Like I just keep thinking like, in my giant glass staff of universe, scope, sorry, I've broken my giant scope beans. I've dropped my giant staff of multiversal truth. Like he just seems like a guy who's yeah. like about to be baked into a gingerbread cookie or something. Yeah, there's, a, there's a cosmic turkey on my head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. huge. Oh, darn it. I've stubbed my toe. I love that, Jeff, because we're thinking the same way because I kept on thinking it sounds like, like, a Doctor Who villain from like the Tom Baker era, yeah, you know, oh, from, yeah. Like, the early seventies. Like I just, there's something about him that I just fucking love. <laughs> yeah, he's sick. The Fugganaut. Yeah, the Fugganaut. <laughs> Tempest Fugganaut. <laughs> so this is the the universe where um, Bruce's parents take Thomas, who turns into Hush in the regular universe, to see Zorro, and. Uh, Bruce's parents get shot, but Thomas and Bruce survive, and Bruce is ad adopted by Thomas's parents. And then Bruce starts to brood, and Thomas takes over for Bruce. Yeah, Thomas kind of takes Bruce's life. Yeah, and he's like a like a society mucky muck who's dating Talia and is buddies with Oswald Cobblepot and uh, wark, wark, wark. Jason like Todd and ben Drake. And yeah, like he's, he's kind of a corrupt politician. Yeah. And things start to unravel for him when Bruce Wayne dies in Arkham. Oh, shit. <laughs> oh, yeah. shit. I just I... got to, before we, so like every time I've flipped through or read one of these Tales of the Dark Multiverse, it's like 10 to 50 degrees different. Like it's just a little bit of a replaying of a story. This is nothing at all like Hush. Like there is yeah. like, I don't know, you know how like one ripple effect can change. Like it completely, like this is, it felt like a crazy anime. I, uh, yeah, it's not a gritty crime story like Hush was. It's not a mystery. I was like laughing out loud at this book because 
I was like, how the fuck did we get this out of Hush? But How does my boy the Fugganaut get us out yeah. of it at the end? Uh, does he show up in and the the end? many lessons learned in the halls of art. Oh, there he is. In yeah. the hall, He always starts and ends it. The Fugganaut <laughs> okay. always fucking shows up and starts and ends it with his giant I got, omnisphere. <laughs> I gotta learn more about this Fugganaut. Like, is, is that why they, repa- they repackaged Elseworlds and called it this stuff now just so they could have their what if like watcher character narrating i don't know i think this is like this is like the the dribbles of sweat from scott snyder's armpit spawn on the ground into dark multiverse stories (laughs) yeah like hush batman in this is like a supernatural creature kind of yeah he's got like superpowers and he doesn't necessarily look human and he might be a dead body i i fucking rain batman you loved it it yeah i thought that like we don't have enough time to explain all of the crazy twists that happen in this. It's like, fucking insane. And and all of the different relationships and the relationship changes. This would be like if you took all of Watchmen and compressed it into 70 pages, you would end up with something this full of like left turns one after yeah. another after another. This is the fun cocaine. I was like, I could not believe the the shit that was going down in this book. Barbara Gordon's like this kind of blind looking SWAT team super soldier person. And Jason Todd has a mechanical jaw. Yeah. Uh, And the Joker's smile is stapled shut. Yeah. It's crazy. And Dick Grayson is uh, a Talon from the, but he's called the Grayson. The Grayson. (laughs) And he looks like Kamen Rider. It's crazy. I think think that's probably a dig at whoever named Drake. Drake. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I um, thought it was great. I, what do you I give it? it yeah. a, a seven and a half. I okay. can't. I, okay. I can't justify giving it a gooey duck, but uh, <laughs> if you like Batman or you just like Elseworlds in in the Batman family, I think this is top notch. Six point five gooey drakes. Nice. Uh, <laughs> okay. Um, listen, did just Roman and I read Thor? Yes, read Thor. Read Thor. Give us the hammer, boys. Oh. Don, Donny Cates, Nick Klein. We're going to move kind of quickly, but this is the start of a new arc, and it explores the relationship between Thor and Donald. What's Blake. his name? Donald Blake. 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 I remember Blake, being Drake. a little Donald kid, Drake. and no, my dad explaining to me who, like, all you know, on the day that he explained to me all the great superhero origins, he was like, "Yeah, there's this guy. He's a doctor. He's got a cane. He found this hammer. If you're worthy, you pick it up." And I was, that's just my working origin for Thor. But for the, my entire Is he time, the doctor. Like, yeah, he's a doctor. Um, you know, Donald. Um, Donald Doctor. But the entire time I've been reading comics, Donald Blake, that whole origin it hasn't been a part of it. Thor is just Thor, and Roman's wearing a bowler hat. He looks like this, Jack the Ripper. This is Donny Cates being like, we got to talk about Donald Blake. And they've created this weird, never-ending, infinite, wonderful city in the sun where whenever Thor is awake and alive, Donald Blake is just happily walking through the beautiful streets of this gorgeous town in the sun, (laughs) happily, and he doesn't realize that he's never gotten to where he's going. He doesn't know when he left, and he's just happy in the sun walking around, and it's great. And there's this like very troubling scene of like an endless city that he's walking through. And we then cut to Thor and Thor's like, I am just so stressed out being the king of Asgard and being a little just a, you know, and like my hammer's getting real heavy and everybody else seems to be able to pick up my hammer. I just got to go. I got to switch out with Donald Blake. (laughs) Let that boring doctor. He's like, Loki, will you babysit the doctor? 
who's gonna he's like he's gonna be pumped he's not walking around in the sun anymore we babysit him while i go hang out and loki's like well i know when you switch out with donald blake what you get to go do is talk to all of like the the thors of past all of the fallen you know god things the it's kind of like black panther in the land of the dead was my read of it roman will actually probably give us the correct read of it but Thor, he's like, okay, cool, peace out. I'm going to go do that. He picks up his th- hammer. He goes, Loki's like, all right, dip out, buddy. I'll babysit your guy. And then Thor gets there to the town where Donald Blake would normally <laughs> just be walking around, strutting through the sun, eating ice cream and feeling everything's good. And <laughs> I need to go there. Dude. Except it sounds like Ice Cream Man's realm. It's <laughs> like Ice Cream Man because he gets there and shit popped off. Oh, shit, and I'm there. There's just like blood <laughs> written on the walls that say like, why? Why am I awake? Is this hell? Where are you, Thor? And Donald Blake woke up. Like he realized that he was stuck in this place while walking around infinitely in this reality that's not a real reality. And he's been for years walking through these streets. Is there like, a doctor in the house? But he knows who Thor is. who has been like praying to Thor who can't hear him. And he's like lost his shit. And now Thor's in that reality and Don Blake is like crazy caveman guy. And instead, <laughs> instead of Loki just having to babysit a boring doctor guy, he's now got to hang out with this murderous, crazy, feral <laughs> doctor who's lost his mind and hates gods. Donnie fucking Cates. <laughs> what did you say earlier when we were talking about crossover and, and Donnie Cates, how uh, he's not afraid to just... Like, like go some wild new idea with something. It was, I can't remember what you said exactly. He's just playing and not worried about the repercussions and happy to make up his own repercussions within the story. But like, he's, he's not at all concerned that someone's going to be like, Don, you can't do that. Like it's fucking comics. Are we going to do like Donald Blake's been a part of Thor forever and we just don't talk about it anymore. Fuck that. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. he lives in the sun town and he eats ice cream until he realizes he's insane and he loses his mind and starts killing he's killed everyone in that town yeah i give it a 9.5 just based off your telling of it it is awesome dude yeah i love that that kate's plays with this kind of stuff because at first and, and, and but it's still based in such a love of the characters and the stories and it was and it's so original because as far as i know no one is that that i can remember that i've ever read nobody's done a story before about well where does don blake go right when when you know he doesn't exist and thor's it's in his like place almost um, miracle man it, it's it, it for sure yeah. felt like that yeah. well yeah miracle man and 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 rick jones and captain marvell uh, well except he went to the negative zone um and and it was such a surprise for me because as far as i could remember and i could be totally wrong i thought they had decided decades ago, oh, Don Blake was actually never real. He was just a creation of Odin to anchor Thor. And he wasn't a real person at all. And I, and I love the fact, okay, Don, Donnie Cates is saying, no, he, he was a real guy. Here he is. But and, he was also a creation of Odin to anchor Thor. So it was both, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And that, yeah, well, it he, could be. That he says that in here. He's like, yeah, like he was a creation by Odin to like sort of have a light and a dark balance thing. Oh, Which, does it say that in there? Yeah, like in yeah. like like the serpent and the sun and the sun casting the shadow. Like he, in order to give balance to Thor, he had to have this thing to teach him lessons about. Yeah, the first five pages talk about it. Mm. So it's that, that Morrison thing of of taking the old and making it true and doing something new. Yeah, yeah, I love and I love putting it in the context of you know again and and a father god 
mucking about with everything and why didn't Odin just uncreate Don Blake? Instead, <laughs> he created this whole other reality, stuck it in the the depths of Yggdrasil and forgot about it. And Thor forgot about it until like this issue when he's like, hey, I'm going to go switch places. Yeah, I would give it an eight, I'd probably give it a nine. Um, I'm going to, you know, you know what I'm going to do, guys? <laughs> Three gooey ducks the so fuck? far? There's so, Dude, many good, oh, so many good Justin comics Justin just week. has an effect on you. He just oh makes you God. dribble. No. No. I thought we had a limit of two-y duck. No. Huey duck? Huey, Dewey, and Louie duck? Um, <laughs> it was just one of the comments this week that made me really... I, I love comics, all in capital yeah. letters with three exclamation points and <laughs> three ducks. Three every yeah. every book on this stack that I've got plus, here today. Plus, it has a letter by Fots. Yeah, Andrew Carlson, friend of the show, has yeah. an arm, a letter post in it. If you're a friend of the show, which means if you're anyone who shops at our store and you get a letter posted, you get a free copy of the image, or sorry, of, of the comic that you bought. Andrew, because you prepaid for that one, I think what we'll do is give you a credit for a future issue of Thor since you've already pre. Or we could give you, you got a free comic because you got that letter in there is my point. Man, I can't even smell the ice cream. Oh, I can't even smell the ice cream anymore. Over the whiskey that he's dribbling in his chest. Hey, what is our <laughs> next book? Ducks. Is it Sweet Tooth or are we into the, yeah, are we, we're into the Sweet Tooth section. I mean, I could almost throw Sweet Tooth in with the India Hour, Hour Power Tower. <laughs> Did you the finish Sweet Tooth? 60 issue series. Yeah, I loved it. Um, I'll tell you that it's got a great resolution that doesn't need a coda and this is like it takes place 300 years later mm -hmm. i don't i wasn't sure if i was going to be missing stuff it's a jeff lemire written and illustrated book and it's an issue not a graphic novel and like i love you jeff i just cannot fit into my schedule for like a new graphic novel on a weekly basis to come out like it'll take me six or seven months to read it so yeah to get jeff lemire art on a book that I, I I loved the first four volumes, like my lack of finishing mm -hmm. it speaks only to the fact that like I actually don't get much satisfaction from finishing things. So it I'll say yeah I know. <laughs> so this is so this is you know I, I was like I don't know if I'm missing anything, but like it's got Jeopard in it and he yep. is still seems to be very much Jeopard. It's it's not a book that exists totally in a vacuum outside of the other one, which is kind of how I felt like it was presented. Yeah, I mean it's. It can't be the actual Sweet Tooth 300 years later, because at the end of the series, spoiler alert, if you don't mind, Jeff, for it's a fine. series that's five I'm, years I've later. been curious. It's been done for more than that. He's an I'm old curious. man at the end of the series. I saw the cover. Yeah. And so this is, this is obviously some sort of trickery, some sort of technology that's, that's birthed sweet tooth again i don't think we ever get his name in this from anyone that we could trust but he but refers the, to him as sweet tooth jeopard does i think jeopard does but Je jeopard is is somebody that he meets on his way right like mm -hmm. uh, on his way out of his his trap he's been sort of imprisoned in this fake forest with uh fluorescent lights above it and and uh kind of a robotic sort of seeming priest it's father. interesting that it basically has the same beats, right? Like sheltered yeah. kid, horns, knows about a virus, escapes because this old dude. Like, it's issue one of of Sweet Tooth, but with a sci-fi twist. Yeah, so I don't know why it exists or what it is, but it's Jeff Lemire art inside, so I'll keep reading it. I've always been impressed that he can draw something kind of shitty 
and get real emotions out of me pretty much every time. So, yeah, he's like an Elliot Smith recording. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, he was a drawer? I mean, just like if Elliot Smith were a comic creator, he would be Jeff Lemire. <laughs> um, and thank God we sad still have Jeff Lemire. Sad and lo-fi as fuck. Yeah. yeah, sad and lo-fi. Like you recorded it by candlelight into a four-track cassette recorder. Um, I would give it, oh, fuck. I mean, I think like a 7.5 to an 8 having my experience with Sweet Tooth. And I think like a 6 to a 6.5 if you are dropping into this with no awareness of Sweet Tooth at all. Yeah, I would, I would give this a seven and I trust it to be an eight and a half or a nine by the time the sixth issue comes out because this motherfucker just... He doesn't do bad work. Yeah, unless he's writing X-Men. <laughs> yeah, he does some pretty fucking lackluster Marvel and DC work, actually. <laughs> Never mind. He does bad work and it's for large companies. But, but yeah, I mean, I, anytime he's doing something for himself, it's like he's speaking straight to my heart. And that's a hard place to get to. You guys know. Yeah, I know. Two pieces you know, of shit now. For a long time. Okay, <laughs> let's take a little dip into the Tom Taylor corner before we talk about Wolvie. Yeah, let's do some Hellblazer. Justin, are you reading Deceased? I started the first, like, three. It's and it's a thing. It's a thing. It's a thing. I like it. Yeah. Tell me I'm about big, some Hellblazer. I'm on the fucking bandwagon of Tom Taylor. I didn't think I was... Oh, yeah? Book, but I love Seven Secrets. I love everything I've read by him. And this book is like so fucking good isn't it crazy on on every level doesn't it feel good when Django is really into something and you can also be really into it (laughs) i don't know if it's ever happened for him i i (laughs) I agree i'm with you that's one of the reasons i'm so pumped about tom taylor is because it's like this is a thing that Django really likes and it turns out i also really like it it's funny because he's he's covering my favorite old stories that you guys make fun of me for (laughs) well so i love the first issue this i I just forgot to take this book home because it didn't it was a different size than all my other books and i just didn't get in my bag how was it give it so much happened in this issue it is so fucking charming on every level it's smart it's really funny it's really heartfelt there's like some some cool commentary stuff at times i was like I knew it was going to be good but this book was like really fucking impressive to me I was like this is a great great comic book yeah and it's it's Derek Robertson kind of at the best I've seen the art is so good and I'm not normally like a gritty art guy like that like I don't necessarily think of myself as someone who likes like art on Constantine books Mm -hmm. you know I'm no like normally like indie or like cartoon stuff but this is european lines rather than like shadows and sketches right and this is so (laughs) fucking cool oh man i the the first like opening page the gag is so good like i had to explain it to aaron i was like did you read this roman this is our spoiler announcement hey hey, you kids get to put that spoiler (laughs) on the car you're spoiling in there oh spoiler (laughs) on the car i love that Yeah, so John, I'll make it go faster. John wakes up in bed with Lucifer Morningstar, who has been his nemesis in Hellblazer since the Garth Ennis run and before. But he wakes up in bed with him, and Lucifer basically like tells him about the night that they had. Um, <laughs> he like browns out and wakes up after hooking up with the devil. I, that's like I don't know much about Constantine, but that seems like such a constant thing. Like he's like, oh shit. Oh god damn it. Yeah. <laughs> 
and and then uh like this shot of john with the bottle of lagavulin 16 is hilarious yeah <laughs> just like he just looks like he is ready to get fucking drunk on mysteriously expensive whiskey for john constantine to have laying around his hovel yeah right right and then like just everything else after that he's he's kind of assembling this team of of people to track down this demon and the demon's in a little boy body and there's some good gags in there yeah and the demon's opting for power because he's kind of found a workaround to be stronger than satan right you know like he's feeding off the specifically the grief of human beings and he's like doing all this fucked up shit to feed on the grief and early on when he's feeding when when lucifer tells him that he's feeding off of grief uh there's a shot in there that i'm pretty sure is straight out of the the um ennis and um jamie delano run where constantine is homeless for a little while and i think that that's the kid standing over constantine as a homeless guy like oh, taking wow. eating his despair oh that's really cool yeah there, there are some really nice references in here to go along and 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 none of them are necessary which is a, a tricky thing to straddle John Constantine, like, I don't know much about him, but he might be my, like, favorite personality that a superhero or, a, like, someone in the DC universe has. Mm -hmm. Like, he's so fucking charming, and he's such a little shit, but he's also uh, just, like, well, so, he always has something to say. I mean, that's a really good segue to Decease, but you guys should keep talking about Hellblazer. No, I, I would say everybody who likes any sort of horror or heart or spooky or violent or nice or funny story should read it and i would say that the i did not see the final page twist coming and it scared the shit out of me oh god i'm so excited i feel so yeah. i'm just so yeah. bummed i fucking forgot this book <clears throat> yeah i'm for, i'd forgotten the robinson i mean god Derek robinson can really draw a a scary and convincing demon child <laughs> yeah yeah and and like i i, I can't oversell the diego rodriguez colors either because that is a huge part of mm. what's making this art so good yeah and it's so well balanced the right i mean there's so many just great funny moments in here i mean when, Con when constantine gets the the guy to attack him in front of the yeah. lawyer but <laughs> but the guy overcompensates and hits him with a chair and yeah. it's like god you're supposed to just punch me <laughs> um i would i i, I think i got a 10 Oh. I'm gonna <laughs> slop my gooey duck on this big old oh, dude. <laughs> Wait, so did I give a ten earlier? I don't know. I don't, know. I don't think you? you have. I don't think you have. You gave like a nine point five or nine point. I've given two like nine point fives. We have three tens on the table so far today, you guys. We have oh, like I'm about to nine. break it when I drop well, this fucking. Multiple chicken nugget on the table. Oh, too. God. it's just that we I can't think of an I episode mean, where we've had four different people give tins. Comics were good. Yeah, they really, really great it's, week of comics. So, Justin, I, you also give it a slippery sniz. Oh, oh, yeah, I give it and, a snizzy ass chicken nugget and it bounced off of the table. <laughs> Roman, did you read it and score it as well? Well, well, you know, this might break the table, but I'm also gonna give it a 10. Oh. Dude, you guys, oh, that is a stinky, slippery, slimy, broken table. I cannot believe I have not read. The, I cannot believe. I, I'm so bummed. So the only way that I can deal with that shame is to just say deceased number five, <laughs> Justin, Tom Taylor, mm -hmm. Damien Ooh. as Batman, oh, Dr. Yeah. Fate, Constantine, the Damn. demon, 
Ragman, Dead Man. Oh, Dead Man. Swamp Dead thing. Man, Swamp Thing. <laughs> oh, fuck. It's the like the DC Supernatural characters. I love them. It's Cassandra and it's Kane. hard. It's Cassandra Kane oh. gets the powers of a Marvel. <laughs> C- Cassandra Kane becomes a Shazam. Oh, um, damn. I love that. I love Cassandra Cain. Tom Taylor on in Deceased and probably Hellblazer. I don't know. I, I didn't read this fucking sniz fest. <laughs> it's snizzed up, dude. <laughs> but he just goes for broke and it's so heartfelt, but he's just like Donny Catesing it and he's just like, well, this is what I think is cool. And it's just, it, it is the things that you think are cool, Justin. This, this yeah, particularly this second volume, cool. I think that you would love. My only concern about, it's not even a concern, but my feeling about this one is that um, the last, this issue and the last issue like we're jumping around a lot we're moving a lot of places like there was a very the first volume and the second volume was a very cohesive like i was very on board with why we were moving where we were when we were and this one like at one point we were at a castle and plastic man was a giant blood river and then we were hanging out with mr miracle and like dark side showed back up with the anti-knife equation but we don't we haven't seen that and like Mr. The last issue, which we didn't talk about, was like so spirit of Kirby that I like it was all about new gods and Kirby stuff, but but it even was doing a bunch of like Kirby foreshortening. Like the art was like clearly to me they were doing specifically Kirby stuff. This one is not that, but the last like three issues we've jumped around a lot, and I would we've got not... three major locations in this one. Yeah, so I couldn't tell you exactly what is going on, but. This is the book that really like was making me think that like it's not about the art and I, I am just reading this to like what are these big story beats? I thought it was good. I think I feel about this issue kind of like you felt about two issues ago. Mm-hmm. Um, that was on the faded episode. Sure. Um, the episode where Jeff was really bummed about art the whole time. Oh, that one. Right. And then I yelled at you and edited it out. That's, oh, you edited it out? <laughs> of course I edited it out. <laughs> oh, people are never going to understand. They'll They're never going to understand us. They'll never know. Um, Jeff is actually a tyrant. <laughs> <laughs> it's, not, it's not the art that bothers me, but it, it feels a little bit, the, the story in this one feels a little bit color by numbers to me. Like here is, and it's, it's if this wasn't, happening in this book that has that has something awesome and amazing every single time it would be the coolest book of the week but instead like i'm just kind of spoiled and all the cool shit that happens in this is just more super rad shit that of course is going to happen in a deceased but you kind of read every issue just waiting for the one or two crazy moments yeah and because there's like it's all chocolate cake. Yeah. I'm a little bit tired of chocolate cake at this point, or, or just like, I don't crave it, but it's all good. It's crazy that like both of us were like reading this issue with the other person's voice in our head. Cause I yeah. was like, I was like, yeah, sure. We are just kind of moving from big emotional beat to big emotional beat. <laughs> but like, should I want more? It's just a fun story and the art doesn't have to be the end all be all. But like, I love the beats. Roman, are you reading this? No, oh, yeah. Roman yeah. Regina, tell me what this is. How was your feeling about this? I, I love this one, too. Maybe not quite as much as the Kirby issue before it, but... The last issue this, was very curbed out. Yeah, curbed yeah. Out. And, and this is like... Curbed up, and, curbed you know, out. This issue's the, Kirby the, mystic, the mystic weird super, the mystic weird characters issue. I love them. Yeah. So I love that. I mean, anytime a part, 
part of the plot, one of the plot devices is Ragman's Dude, co- code of souls and just, they use it effectively. Uh, think, about, think about this statement. In this issue, Justin, not to spoil it for you, because I really think you should, you not, you should. I read the That's first couple, but. I just, I think that if you, I think that you would just like, it's not great, I, but I just, the, the type of popcorn that it is, is I think a type of popcorn. It's it's doom and gloomy enough that it's like, but in this scene, John Constantine uses Regman's coat to absorb dead man. That's fucking. That is like, <laughs> those are like, that's yeah. like the most Justin sentence of things. That's fucking like, cool. <laughs> like, and it's, and that's the kind of, that's the kind of crazy uh, magic, the gathering combos that he just comes up with in every single issue. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The page before that, he uses the spirit of destiny to, you know, do something horrible. And, and that's another thing I love the spirit of destiny. Come on. <laughs> and then yeah, Cassandra so turns into cool. Shazam. Like, yeah. <laughs> like it really is he's just playing combo after combo <laughs> that's and, awesome. and it's like is someone going to stop him no thank god they're not great <laughs> <Yeah>. cool. <laughs> uh seven and a half for me um yeah seven and a half for me which is like a low deceased score yeah, yeah. I, I'd, I'd give it an eight Damn. i mean at the end yeah. the specter okay. shows up and it's a beautiful specter panel shot I'm yeah so i mean if, if i was if i wasn't just a little bit jaded and and expecting the next uh plastic man blood river every single issue i would, right, I would probably right. give it a 10 but also this table is <laughs> yeah i really want tom taylor to do a ragman series oh that would be so fucking cool or, i yeah. feel really inadequate about my lack of gooey ducks on the table tonight i just <laughs> well, want i want got, andrew to tell me i already put one on the table you can <laughs> you got, can play with a couple more books we yeah, do yeah. and i <laughs> did not i did not give wolverine black white and blood a 10 i'll tell you that right in a, now in a slightly wet bathtub so i'm gonna have to damage that out <laughs> at the shop this is the marvel attempt to do batman black and white which is small stories that are just one and dones by different creative teams and the highlight is supposed to be the art um it's a really cool idea instead of just doing black and white like batman black and white with dc they're doing black white and red because it's That's wolverine blurred cool. Blurred. blurred and like realistically wolverine is basically marvel's batman character right it's like the character that like a bunch of dudes will have a wolverine shirt or a batman shirt because he's awesome and you can yeah. only read a wolverine comic <clears throat> and you're like nothing wrong with that and you can only read a batman comic like it's right. they exist larger than the thing so it is it's cool in that regard roman roma regina please tell me about this <laughs> There's three stories in this, one by Gary Dugan, one by Matthew Rosenberg, and one by Declan Shavley. Shavley. Um, Get it. Say his name. Yeah. Declan Shavley. <laughs> and, and they're all pretty good. Uh, my favorite one was the middle one by Rosenberg. Me too. Yeah. Yeah, I Shall Be a Wolf. Wolf. That was awesome. Father, but, I Shall Be a Wolf. But, yeah, they're, all, yeah. but they're all good. Loving they're all entertaining. <laughs> yeah they're all entertaining uh the first story is adam kubert's the artist and he does some Ooh. and it's set during the weapon x period he does good muscles kubert yeah. he knows how to draw you, muscle you guys man. can i say something i want to I, I i know that we're I've on record weapon x my, we're on record that my like my first m- erection in memory was watching batman like get into costume in like the <laughs> tim burton movies like all the rubber latex and the nipples like um, yeah it confused me i remember <laughs> being confused in church one day because i had gotten a toy playset. it was like a poly pocket but it was a x-men equivalent and it was wolverine in the weapon x thing 
and he's like got his like helmet and his he's naked and he's got his like wires it's like super bondagey yeah. dude i was I, I remember being a very confused erection about like wolverine bondage like people holding me down naked with tubes at me. Yeah, yeah. so just or, weapon x or was it, it bible study i can't remember it, dude, i was in church at the time for sure for sure for sure um so anyway that wolverine I weapon mean, x confused bull yeah just in bondage you know yeah. young jeff was like restraint um I love that second one too, but the first one was Weapon X. And I love Weapon X stories. <laughs> and it's a 12 panel grid for a lot of it, which was pretty rad. True. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm trying to refocus now on this story because I, I have so many questions. Like what's, what's a pocket, what do you call it? Poly Pocket or a Mighty Poly Max. Yeah. Mighty Max and Poly Pocket. Pocket. Okay, I don't know what those things are. I'm, we'll show I'm, you later. I'm thinking of a different pocket. Or toy. Mighty Machines. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Micro Machines. Yeah, micro right. Machines, yeah. Oh, Micro Machines, okay, I know Micro Machines. <laughs> Small toys. Uh, yeah, anyway, this, this first story was, he's still Weapon X, still, like, they're sending him out in the Yukon for experiments to see what he can do, and a Wendigo attacks him. And he's mostly naked, and he's wearing a helmet, and he has wires coming <laughs> yeah, out. Yeah, and he's got all this VR and wires, and, and yeah. I don't understand it any more now than I did then, but I just, like, I accept it as a part of me. <laughs> Why am I hard? Am I angry? <laughs> okay roman here's my uh, feeling about uh, these yes, i didn't yes. think any of these were very well written <gasps> i liked all of them but in the same way of batman black and white i just like to flip through the art with these i stopped being like i actually don't really care about reading these i just want to look at them same and this felt like that i read the first two and i was like I don't really care about this writing but i love this art and so i flipped through and i didn't read the third one room and i'm sorry oh um, you didn't have to the second one story was actually really cool it was just yeah, like the rosenberg one by and the art is joshua kasara he's Kassara, doing, yeah. doing the art in x-force um oh okay but here's what i will say i think that like books that exist with just gorgeous art are awesome and more power to them like hot hot lunch special like, is that story great? I don't know, but the art is amazing. I, I recommended it to our friend Ryan, and I was like, you should read this. And he's like, I didn't really like the story at all. And I was like, that's a good point. Oh, I was I bamboozled I, by the art. I think that I only loved it for the art, you know? And like, and so everyone's got a different thing that they like a thing for. Um, so books that exist solely as the art, I think are awesome. But my complaint about this, Roman, mm -hmm. is that they chose, I think, three artists that all three of these series almost look the same i think specifically the first two particularly look the same and batman black and white at least was doing like you've got an andy kubert and then like a ramon villalobos and then a rafael grandpa like you would have like you would have artists that would never really be allowed on a mainstream book doing right. it and i think all of this art is gorgeous but it almost like you know, if you're not paying careful attention, you could almost believe that the end of the first story is the same artist as the second story. I, 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 I see what you mean. Not a I criticism. Mean, but. I mean, I mean, I, I mean, for me, I thought the artist of the, the third story and the second story look more similar than Kubert's art. Sure, but, sure. But, but yeah, and yeah, I agree that this kind of book, uh, the main thing really should be the art because, yeah, it's kind of a surprise sometimes when if, it's, if there's a really good, well-written story in one of these. Right. Um, and, the, and the middle one by Rosenberg, I'm just a sucker for, a, for an even halfway decent classic Nick Fury story where there's espionage and stuff going on and a big plan Fuck that yeah. he's working out. 
he justin in this middle one he like gets captured by these baddies and bad stuff is happening and they're like we got you and all this it's hydra jeff it's hydra (laughs) and what happens is that he then is like oh did you get me and he goes schlick and he cuts his guts open and he pulls out a bomb that he had cut himself (laughs) open and put inside of him and then he healed quickly about i thought that uh especially the first two artists it was interesting to see them without any real help from a colorist right like there's red all over it but a lot of times in modern comics the colorists are doing a lot of heavy lifting yeah and in this kubert and kasara both have to just just kind of stand on their own and okay but sorry well i i just think that that's interesting because shalvi doesn't really change his art like he he has line drawings and he's colored like a line drawer the joshua kassara art in this is like everything that i love about simon bisley lobo and uh like the ray and daredevil (laughs) era joe casada i thought you were saying an artist name as well like simon bisley lobo as like one (laughs) name like simon i was like who is this (laughs) robo lay i love robo lay you you guys are making me gonna up my score on this i love the middle story um kasara's art i love all the little detail there's a couple full shot full page panels where i was just spending a lot of time looking at all the creative ways he's got body parts strewn around and following the blood roman wounds yeah um i give the issue a 7.5 i hope they keep doing it and I hope that they start to choose more avant-garde artists. I, I hope that they let the stories just be meh. And I hope that they start finding artists that would never be normally putting out a comic book. All of these artists put out Marvel comic books. Show me somebody that I wouldn't normally see. I'm going to also give it a seven and a half. And I'm going to keep reading it until we get one issue that is all Samurai Wolverine. And then I'm going to dip out forever. Yeah, that's like going to be three or four. <laughs> yeah. Three or four yeah. Yeah. yeah, so I got, I got a couple issues left. Yeah, I'm waiting for the Kitty Pride Wolverine adventure. I'm just yeah, waiting to see I'll, Wolverine folding buck naked. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I'll give it a 7.5. That sounds like a good a good spot. You know, Joshua Kassara is one of the Stormbreakers, the next generation of elite artists. Because that's what yeah, they're calling. Yeah, with R.B. Silva, who's yeah. been on the scene for like seven years. Yeah, it's like, what is this? These, okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. I do like his art a lot, and it doesn't hurt that he is often colored by Dean White. Mm-hmm. Deany. Okay, do we have anything else to talk about before we get into the X-Men comic? Hey, Justin, I forgot to read Marauder. I don't know what your relationship with this Ten of Swords thing is. I'm only but... reading X-Men. I tried, okay. and I was like, I can't do 22 <laughs> issues of X-Men and Marauders shit. both came out this week, and much like Hellblazer, I just must have been... Well, it was my birthday, frankly, and it was yeah. election day, so I was kind of scattered. Um, you didn't I, know that this was going to be the, the X of Gooey's episode, either. I had no idea, but I didn't grab Hellblazer, swords. and I didn't grab House Marauders, <laughs> which came out, but I'll talk about Marauders of in next week's summary. Justin... What's this that? issue of Ten of Swords, part 12 of 22, X-Men 14, I, I don't have X-Men 13 in front of me. But I think that most of the art in this issue was reused from that. Because it is like Django... It's a retelling. Yeah, you... It, well, yeah. It is... You know, in issue 13, we got someone saying the history of Arako breaking off of Krakoa, mm-hmm. going into the... And you said, very aptly, this felt like reading a D&D manual. 
And that is the statement that sort of started Ten of Swords was like Django's comparison of reading this to being like a D&D manual. And I think that's a really apt statement to yeah, carry through it's perfect. the entire series. Now Jeff is going to be the X-Men DM for me until this story. I over. would DM, dude, if we started a podcast of me DMing a game for the three of you, it would be huge. Um, <laughs> but this, Urgent. I think, and I want to look at it, but I think that this reuses a lot of those same panels but it has, instead of whoever narrated it in issue 13, it is narrated by Apocalypse's wife, Genesis. I actually read an article where that is exactly what's happening. That's okay. What they, and yeah. and I like... not pronounced Genesis? Because I was like, I've seen Neil these Geeman. panels before, but they were drawn by lineal use. So they could have only been in X-Men and they had to have been in the issue before this. So it's gorgeous. But yeah, it... On one hand, it feels like I could see somebody being outraged by like, you just wasted all of this art by showing me all these pictures I already saw. But it's like, hey, you remember this movie you saw? Well, now I'm going to tell you all of it again, but from a different viewpoint that casts a different light on it entirely. It's so, Arrested Development season four. Exactly. And I personally think that that is awesome. And it's bookended by a narrative structure that is new, but... um but yeah, yeah, yeah Justin, I'm, people know my thoughts on this book. I want to like it more than I do. There are parts that are awesome. I told everyone on the podcast, you kind of cracked the code for me, which is this is written by Hickman and Teeny Howard. And I was saying there's like, there is a Hickman story I want to read here, but it's obfuscated by this weird story about swords and other world and stuff. And you were, yeah, I mean, I think that probably that half is written by somebody else. And then there's this, this Hickman story that I really want to read and this is here and it was present in this story and, and I really liked it. Yeah. But this is weird. It is weird. This book, like the, so I, I, I think I read the first, the beginning of it. I read like the first two issues and then just jumped off and only have been reading x It's just been gathering swords until this, <laughs> like it's like no large plot has moved forward except all the 10 good guys have swords now. Yeah. I skipped many issues and came back in like the end of the first issue apocalypse gets like fire sorted and almost killed and like three issues later they're just carrying him to where he's like falling down there we gotta do something about the burns i was like what have i missed nothing like nothing but this this book like especially this origin thing is doing the thing that i theoretically love where hickman just takes a Marvel book and tells a Hickman story with Marvel skins on. It's, you know, it's like this could be, this could be a vault book. Like this could be a J.R.R. Tolkien. Like right, like there is. Right. He's he's talking about races and fictions and cultures and battles that are so foreign to like the Avengers that right. it may as well be you know lord of the rings and that's awesome it's hickman doing his hickman thing but like we're we're way off the marvel uh homepage right now right and i just like for me personally i like this story as a fantasy story but when it starts to bump up against the x-men parts it's like those you know peanut butter and hot sauce doesn't always mix well you know like it's too i love both yeah two foreign things that i i I can't quite settle in my brain. I'm like, are we in high tech future? 
trying to beat Nimrod X-Men on Krakoa or is this like deep past like the, the two genres don't exactly mix in my brain as well as I don't know how much I care I've consumed a lot of tournament fiction in my life yeah and it's such a is, thing yeah if this goes for another tournament I'm like I've seen hundreds of tournaments Dragon Ball Z has like three Yu yeah. Yu Hakusho is only a yep. tournament show like yep. so I I don't know how much I can sustain the interest I do like this tactic of like using the same art but telling a different story and kind of it almost felt like he was trying to see when you noticed it was different you know a different perspective I like that tactic I just don't know if I care enough about the story at this point to be like following the exact differences I was like there's something different here it's narrated by somebody else but I don't know if I care I want to be like this Hickman X-Men story from House and Powers is amazing and I want to read all of it. And you know what? A lot of the seeds that were planted in House of Powers have not even blossomed yet. Like this isn't, this isn't integral to the, like the narrative trunk of this story. Like this is just a thing that is happening right now because I think that they've got like a four or five year plan. And this isn't going for me the way that I want the omni structure of Hickman's X-Men to go but I think that it's just basically, I think that we're, we're really just at like a rest area on a, like we're on the last Washington rest area and we're traveled <laughs> to the Mexican border. You know, like this is just like, <laughs> you know, like this is a part of this story and it's not what I want it to be. And that's sure. how I feel. You know, I like skipped three issues and I was in the same spot as I was three issues before. I like literally no time had spanned. We were just looking at different parts. Well, but uh, somebody else had a sword or two. <laughs> yeah, well, that's true. <laughs> You're right. That's true. Yeah, well, the character gonna... designs are awesome though. We got they to are. find out about Apocalypse's <clears throat> wife, Jenny. So I love, Jenny. I like that. Jenny, I like, Jenny. I like Genesis. I like Apocalypse. I like yeah. their dynamic. There, there's like a soap opera thing going on here that I do like. Yeah, I like that it's Apocalypse, too. This, like, heartless destroyer formerly, and now he's like, well, I'm actually kind of a softie. You, you've informed me, Jeffrey, more than... Well, because I've read most of these issues, and I, I hadn't realized... I didn't know until you said it that it was retelling. Well, Justin also identified that. I, yeah, I, Justin. I just, like, I mean, yeah, I read an article. I, oh, okay, yeah. I just like, I, 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 didn't clue, I didn't clue into any of that. <laughs> my whole life is being stoned and being like, is this a new thing? Is this deja vu? Or is this a thing that's already happened? And, and I was like, no, I've seen these pictures. I don't know what I yeah. read, but I saw this picture of this big sordid man. So, Justin, I knew it here. Uh, I knew it here. I was like, yeah, yeah, that was the, the big sordid man. Yeah yeah, 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 the big sordid man. I give this issue an eight. I like it. Yeah, I'll give it a six only because I don't quite remember the imprint drug of what the initial uh, Hickman, you know snort of the of the event is like i i'm like I, I remember that this is hickman and i remember that i like this stuff but i don't have the context of like all the names are starting to blur and the characters are starting yeah. to blur um, would you say that it's blurred yeah it's all blurred <laughs> but yeah six and that is i still think it's cool and i should go back and read the other fill-in issues um well actually i'm just gonna give it a i'll give it a six i mean we're halfway through the this whole event now um, are you lost oh yeah i'm very lost okay are you I'm lost, lost? I mean, I, i'm so i'm so I'm lost lo- i'm so lost i didn't even realize that we were being seeing the same art django justin 
Roman and I are going to sit out for a second. It's time for Django's Uber Indie Underground Power Hour. Django, it's time for Jeff and Roman to hang out here and listen to you talk about those things and make those real insecure kids feel real cool when they know that they know the truth. I'm an insecure kid. Tell me what I should be reading. What is cool? It eats what feeds it by Max Hoven and Aaron Crow, illustrated by Gabriel... You Mazark. It puts the lotion on its skin. Oh. <laughs> That's the next one. Yeah. <laughs> we only find it when it has lotion on its skin. <laughs> <laughs> this is an issue I have on these super indie comics is they get some crazy named people to do it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> this is like kind of a tense horror setup with Horny. very strange <laughs> stuff going on with a young kid moving into a super sexy ladies haunted maybe house okay. and maybe she's part of it and maybe there's a minotaur maybe <laughs> there's a minotaur i gotta read this yeah yeah but it's like a horny minotaur definitely at some point she puts her finger in his mouth to drag him out of the kitchen full that was of my blood. favorite part <laughs> that was super weird yeah uh, she like our kids are <laughs> he like kid maybe college or high school is looking for a job he's see something in a newspaper ad he goes to this old weird lady's house who's like hot and she's like <laughs> but i'm very sick and you know but very hot but very sick yeah i was like why are you so hot if you're so sick because well, like, she can't help it she's just drawn that way yeah she's like i can't move or do many things um i think she's got some like life stuff she's gonna suck the life force out of this little little chunk oh she's a succubus yeah there's yeah. there's a lot of meat in her kitchen yeah okay. she's got a lot of you know something only eats when it feeds it <laughs> what feeds it so meat, meat, um, meat. yeah there's kid you know it's like this is really sketchy but i might get laid and he like says something <laughs> like to, oh she totally wants me she totally wants me which i thought was kind of weird um because clearly she's strange and very sick um and he just saw this like monstrous thing walk uh through a wind or like next to a window and i was like and you're still you just want to get laid you saw a bunch of meat carved meat. up in a kitchen and he's like yeah but she you know, wants this, to bone it's mafia this this horny old sick lady who puts her <laughs> fingers in my mouth it only puts its fingers in my mouth um, when it's hungry <laughs> i uh I'm not yeah, seeing I, any downsides yet. <laughs> I did not know what to think of this book besides, you know, it only puts its fingers in its mouth. And I know Django's <laughs> going to love it. It's it's pretty good. It kind of made me feel... It's uh, pretty good. Sad for the creators and what happens when they get canceled. Like, yeah. I, I think it's inevitable that they're going to they're gonna be outed as a, a big, you know dynamite kind of we're being turds sort of thing oh um it just felt a little male gazy and creepy it did. that said i enjoyed all the other parts of it quite a bit um i, I think it could have been done a, little, a lot more gracefully perfectly said yeah there was like a a kind of dirtiness that isn't like serves the story it felt yeah like a little wish fulfilly or male gazy you know yeah like let's let's leer at this situation a little bit too long yeah um i would i would probably give it a seven 
if I didn't get that kind of ooky feeling from from the way it was done, uh, I'm gonna give it like a skull trancers, uh, grave trancers. Grave trancers felt more like a like a Rob Zombie thing. I'm giving it a six. You're giving it a six. Yeah, Django, fuck you. I'm giving it a five. Oh, and at the end, you see that she's gonna get naked with him. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, she's she's getting booby naked at least. Bang, number five. It was the last Bang. issue in the arc. It was good. I I you gotta read this trade. Yeah, you kids, the, the you don't know what you're doing, you read it because he's cool. Yep, yep read it because I'm cool. Um, I also read Spy Island number three. It's great. Do you it's, like that book? It looks cool. Yeah, it's really good. And I know I know Chelsea Kane is maybe a little bit problematic, but I don't think like, so. Stuff like this, where they've they've got an overhead shot of a bunch of cars, and then one car exploding, and it's it's like the title page. There's there's a lot of really interesting mixed media here. There's a lot of uh, fun poked at mimes and just kind of genre bullshit. Um, they're they're playing with the way you tell a comic book story pretty hard in here, and there's even like little little subtle nods to previous issue covers on novels in the world. Um, right up my alley as far as, uh, I guess, putting a comic together. And the story is interesting enough to pull you along as well. Then I have one more, and I think Roman, La Diabla. Oh. This is uh, Eric Powell doing what is apparently a prequel to Lords of Misery, which is going to be a graphic novella with Goon and La Diabla and probably some other characters. But it's just these bad guys who kidnapped a kid in a van telling kind of myths about how this woman, La Diabla, who they're afraid is going to come take them down, came to be. And so they tell like four or five really horrific origin stories for her. And it's, it's kind of like... You know, you see the the bad guys in a Batman story talking about how scared they are of the bat and the yeah, we're all scared of the bats and you know, no freaking bat, bat though. That time, this guy thought he was a demon, and that guy thought he was uh, you know nine feet tall, and that guy thought he was ten dudes. And this is that like guy. that, but with like like uh, Mexican witch stories mixed in, and I I, I thought it was awesome. Did did you read it, Roman? Yeah, he I did. Thought, <clears throat> I thought it was pretty great. Yeah, I love all the different and and they're each telling their version of what they think she is while they're driving and while she's stalking them on her motorcycle. Yeah, and it's all like Eric Powell's kind of pencil art for the origins that they're telling, and then when they cut back to the real world, it's his his almost painterly kind of. He has such art. a diverse style. It's astounding. I love, it. I love it, and I'm never disappointed when I read one of his books. Yeah, I want to break into his work. I've always like just been interested from afar, but never knew where to start. It's all one shots, man. Like I've never read one of his books yeah. that you have to you have to have read a bunch of it. Like it's it's just good, easy, jump in, jump out. Uh, I would give that one a seven and a half, leaning towards an eight. And what about you, Roman? I probably the same. Yeah, definitely leaning toward an eight. Yeah. So we've got 15 questions from Facebook that I asked for right before this. <laughs> we've been Sweet. going for so long. Oh, we got time for questions. Andrew's, I, Andrew's editing the podcast now, so what do you care? Yeah, uh, he's, he's not yet, but soon. Soon, <laughs> if we go at all according to plan. Oh, I don't really. I've just released uh, my cat. Gosh, it's been a long time since I've been on the Papcast. No, he was on recently. But, but, um, but people, people can get more of him. 
Well, yeah, he's on Bat- Batman in quarantine all the fucking time. And we've recorded 50 fucking podcasts <laughs> with Justin in the last year. So I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. But um, I'm, just, I, I'm just so fucking glad that you're here on Papcast. Because no, like, to be papped up. Just, Justin, for you to be hanging out in the river with us, I love it. Roman, the fact that you are here still and not in prison is amazing. And um, Especially with that hat on. Yeah, well, but it was a bucket hat earlier i don't know yeah. at what point in the podcast he turned from a bucket hat to a just a baseball cap but it this, was it was no, after this, the bowler no this is yeah. oh this he is wore a bowler you've yeah. worn three hats tonight this is my revolutionary hat yeah that's Comrade roman yeah that's yeah. uh that's like yeah your che Guevara hat hey everybody this is 201 thanks for listening thanks not for listening. that hat oh no that hat oh that no, hat's he's, wearing a gross hat. he's wearing a gross <laughs> hat no i thought it was your murder hat 200 was real long we didn't get like you know justin and colette and a bunch of other people on like we wanted to but justin's here now that's great colette i think is going to be on next week and i hope that we'll have justin on some more in the future oh yeah um hmm. If you like Justin, like all of us do, listen to Batman in Quarantine. That's another podcast our podcast does. It has all of the three lackluster people, Jeff, Roman, and Django on it. But Justin <laughs> shines as the ambulite of society every occasion. And that is amazing. So Batman in Quarantine, search for that. That's a lot of fun. Perfectly useful podcast. I think that Django and Roman still do infinity content. Django, it's been a minute since oh, yeah. you were on yeah. there, but I love the Django episodes because he just kind of comes in, tears it all apart. Check out infinity content. Uh, everybody, please go review us. Tell your friends, tell your family. Uh, send us questions, info at thecomicsplace.com. And uh, I'm Django, and I'm pretty sure that Donald Blake's song that is in every ice cream store he goes into and that he can't escape and what drove him mad is the theme song to curb your enthusiasm. What do you think it was, Jeff? I'm Jeff. I'm Justin. And if you guys want to help me fund my all chicken nugget and sourdough <laughs> toast drive through restaurant on the side of the comics place called Nuppy's Nugget Garage, um, Django has made a Patreon for it. So, But we've already met the goal as the okay. comics place as a single donor because it's too good. <laughs> I'm expect that 2021. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, I'm Roman, and I hope that Nuppies, Chicken McNugget, Death <laughs> Sauce things fill the hole in me in 2021. Oh, God. Oh, Roman just turned himself into all things. And oh, you can send Roman. your emails to batmanandquarantine.com. We'll see you all next week for 202. Thank you. Thank you.